0: Akira wakes up and then we just chill in bed for a little bit Um, and this morning she was watching YouTube Kids on my phone and then um, as I was waking up but I was I didn't realize where she was leaning on so and then suddenly I heard this (laughs) and then Dan like shot up he goes oh oh she was oh and I was like what's wrong he goes she was sitting on on my neck I was choking <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh because he was choking in his sleep. She, she was choking him with her head leaning on his neck and he couldn't breathe. And he woke up because he was suffocating.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't wake up before that. That's so
0: weird. <laughs> He's like, I could have died. I could have died and you wouldn't even know. And I was like, wow. But yeah, I mean, human body is really interesting, baby. It's, you know, we, it tries to survive and you wake up. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I could have died.
1: Yeah, no, the, the brain's got its own triggers. You mm. know what I mean? It'll, mm. it'll, 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 it'll fast asleep. If there's something that is triggering your brain, triggering your brain to send pain receptors or whatever, it'll wake you up or yeah. I
0: don't know. No, I don't well, know. well, he it'll, woke it'll, up. Pretty insane. Pretty smart. <laughs> um let's tell everyone who you are
1: okay um so my name is josh um josh thomas i am a tattooer mm-hmm. but firstly i am a husband um and a father um i've got a uh, my wife emily um of five years five and a half years i've got a three and a half year old son his name's bobby and I have an almost six-month-old uh, daughter, and her name is Coco.
0: I love their names
1: so much,
0: especially Coco. Bobby, so cute.
1: Yeah, we chose, we chose... When it came to picking a name for Coco, I was more focused on her name sounding nice next to Bobby's. Yeah. Did you
0: know?
1: Yeah. By itself. Put a name that sounded good next to Bobby. So you can yeah. say Bob.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we, we call Bobby at home. We call him Bobo. So it's Cute. like Bobo and Coco. So Cute. yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, we've had, uh, we've had a pretty good run with names. We often, in both situations, we've found names that we like the most and then tried you know, run things past our parents and you know, ask them, do you like this name or this name? What do you think about this name or that name? And typically the second name or the one that we, like our second preferred name is the one that they like or, um, so with Bobby, I'll explain it better. With Bobby, we had two names. We had Bobby or Gilbert.
0: Yeah.
1: He really likes the name Gilbert, but our parents, I remember calling my mum and my mum, we said, oh yeah, we've got two names. She goes, oh, what's the first name? And we said, Gilbert. She, and she didn't. She just. She, and what's the other one? <laughs> said, and so we. And we said, oh, the other one's Bobby. And she goes, I love Bobby. I love that <laughs> name. And Emily's parents were really supportive, no matter what name we chose. We could have named our child Hezekiah or something <laughs> wild. They would have loved. It. So, um, yeah. So it's the first. You know. But we ended up taking the name Gilbert, cutting it in half, and then making it Bobby's middle name. So now his name's Bobby Gill. Cute. Now, if we ever have another boy, we have no options, but because um, we used our two up on Bobby.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm did did you tell your parents about Coco's name as well?
1: Oh uh, yeah, they they loved it. They loved that. They had no issues with that one.
0: Did you own? Did you have one name pick for Coco? Uh,
1: we had kogo and then we had uh mabel those are our two names
0: they're, um and they're both so cute I
1: know, and now mabel is her middle name <laughs> so, it's a
0: win-win situation really yeah.
1: so now we don't you know now we have no options <laughs> for the third shot
0: yeah you might yeah yeah you have to come up brainstorm naming is so hard
1: we just always it was we looked at names that were most popular for the year and previous years, and then and and then avoided all of those names. Yeah, <laughs> so we're just like, what's the most popular name, or what's the list of a hundred or however many on the, on this yeah. website? And we would just avoid all of those names.
0: Um, when we were t- naming Akira, I wanted a Thai name for her, and Dan wasn't too keen on it. He's like, if her name's too. If her name's too um different she'll be bullied at school and i'm like yeah but you're talking to a <laughs> one you know, and i was okay but i was all, i'm also thick-skinned and am super oblivious to being bullied like when i think back about my time in high school i'm like oh yeah i was totally bullied but at the time i was just like no you can't play with us uh, okay bye I just go on and do something else. I didn't care. Um, so Akira is Thai, both Thai and Japanese, and every name, other name I threw at Dan, he's just like, nope, 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 nope. To the point where I'm like, why? Maybe you should
1: fucking name this child. Did he? Did he come to the table with any names?
0: No. <laughs> because I wanted a Thai name, so he he can't. You know, he couldn't really. I gave him a like a pretty short list um, of nice sounding Thai names with more kind of nice meanings as well, and then we just settled on Nakira being for a boy or a girl. And we have another yeah. name. We have another name for a girl, which is Nara. And yeah. the funniest thing is, this girl I went to high um, middle school with in Thailand had her baby the day after me. And named her daughter Nara. Wow! And we never, like, we didn't speak about names or anything. And I was just like, in a way, I'm like, oh, the name's taken, but also, you know, it's it's such a cute name. But Akira's yeah,
1: I like the
0: name Akira. Yeah, Um, she still calls herself Bubba because everyone calls her Baba, I'm like, "What's your name?" She goes Baba, and I'm like, "It's Akira," but she can't say it. She can't say Akira. So I said, "Your name is Rara," and she goes, "Rara."
1: That's cool. Taking that for now. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I was looking at Moldy names because I'm part Maori. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at Maldi names, but um, I couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't land on something. That was both nice sounding, but came with um, significant meaning. Mm. That had also been taken by friends or family that had yeah. used similar names. Yeah. And there's not, there's not thousands of different, you know, mouldy names to choose from. Mm. And most names have a real significant meaning to them. Mm. Um, sometimes a name might sound really lovely, but mean something totally wild. Yeah. You know, means, yeah. Um, or something sound not as nice to say or hear, but means something like beautiful person or strong woman. You know, but yeah, it yeah. sounds rough. Yeah. So, um, and you know, we we appear white, so you know, it, it it um, not to be culturally insensitive in any way, but it probably would be a bit of a stretch, maybe, for us to embrace that side when. Um, if if it's not organic, you know. Mm. So didn't I
0: didn't understand what it. you mean. Yeah.
1: Didn't want to force it.
0: Yeah. So how are you going? How are you going during the lockdown? Being a tattoo artist during lockdown is pretty rough.
1: Um. Yeah. I've been tried. I've I've been trying to remain um positive throughout mm-hmm. the whole situation because there's really nothing else that I can do. Mm-hmm. I'm a New Zealand citizen still, and there's this weird visa status for New Zealanders who come over to Australia. Yeah, it's a federal visa recognition um, where we're allowed to be in this country for as long as we want. There is no um, no rules or length of stay that we have to stick by. We're mm-hmm. allowed to work. We can pay tax. We can. Um, we can open up a line of credit. We can um, use the healthcare system, but we can't. Uh, we can't receive government subsidy.
0: Yeah.
1: Or funding. So, um, job seeker, job keeper, um, those one-off payments that the government, that the federal government were doing, um, did not come to me. Yeah. So, Emily was able to get. Um, those one off payments, because she was on maternity leave, we couldn't get job seeker or keeper throughout that time, right but, and that's okay, but um, yeah, in terms of me and my eligibility to you know to make up for my lost loss of income, there wasn't anything there, so I just did heaps of painting. I was just painting, yeah, and that down that first ten ten or twelve weeks or whatever I just yeah switched mediums completely I didn't I think I, I did only a, a handful of line drawings mm-hmm. a real, a of stuff, and I just did a whole bunch of canvas art yeah um, you know doing stuff that I really like which is kind of like interwar war um late art deco inspired stuff yeah um, a lot of it's inspired by textiles so so rug makers and and people who made um yeah, rugs and carpets uh, from that era. So um, I did a lot of painting and, and weirdly sold all of it, which was crazy.
0: Amazing, yeah. yeah that
1: was insane. Um, so I did that and uh, back to work for six weeks and then back off again, which, you know, because of Dan being a tattooer. Yeah. Um, and this time this time I haven't done as much uh, painting, but I've been doing a lot of tattoo-related yeah. work.
0: work. So yeah.
1: It's just been preparing to go back to work the whole time. And, yeah. and then just recently I've been working, moving furniture. So oh. I applied for so many jobs. Yeah. Because we were just running out of savings. Mm, um, stressful. And um, so I just applied for tons of jobs. And it was so hard. Like The, satura- the, the saturation of the job market is heavy at the moment because there's so many unemployed people. Yeah. So you know, I was trying to get jobs sorting out recycling at a waste management centre, trying to do hard rubbish collection, coals mm-hmm. delivery, anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I managed to get a moving, like a furniture removalist company picked me up. And um, so I've just been doing two or three days a week.
0: Yeah, nice. Okay, so tell me about the – I guess we'll start with Bobby. Um, Bobby, was he induced?
1: Um he he was um so he was
0: late he was overdue wasn't he
1: yeah so we uh, the due date for bobby was
0: hey dan Rob, headphones he won't hear you <laughs>
1: um the due date the due date for bobby was uh like five days before christmas mm. December, um, yep. and it got to christmas day and he still hadn't come um, and then it was five days or four, five or six days after Christmas. The day before New Year's Eve was when he um, was actually delivered.
0: Yeah.
1: Emily went into labor to, um, like 38 hours before he was delivered or 36 hours before he was Jesus. delivered. So she had a, she had a, she had a long labor. And I think for first time, for first births, that's pretty normal to have a long labor like that. mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty common, but um, so her water broke, or we thought her water broke, and we, you know, we called the uh, midwife. Midwife said, "Yep, take yourself down to the hospital; they'll be ready for you." Mm-hmm. And so we went down there, and then uh, they checked her dilation,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: said, oh, "You're not, you're not, um, you're not dilated enough, mm-hmm. so you can stay here or you can go home." Um, and so we stayed in the hospital because we thought, you know, Emily was like, no, you know, I'm having contractions. I can feel it. It's every mm. I think it was every five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. So there was like pretty decent windows between the contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we yeah. only called the midwife after she started receiving, after she had a night of contractions. So her contract, I remember cause we were sitting on the couch watching the OA. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah. we were watching season one of the OA and that was intense. And and then she started (laughs) getting contractions on the couch. We were on episode like six or seven where shit started really going. Mm. Yeah. And um, she started having contractions, but they were really far apart and like 20 minutes or something like that. And so we sat through a couple more episodes and then she said, oh, I'm going to go to bed. Um, And so she, she tried to go to bed she tried to sleep with her contractions, and I think she—I think she did have mm-hmm. a small. Can't remember, um, but then the contractions were continuing the next day, and that's when we went to the hospital. So mm-hmm. we called to the hospital, um, and then yeah, so the dilation actually took ages. So we were in hospital for—I think it took maybe tw- like they, they kept coming back to us every couple of hours and said, "Oh, you guys can go home. You're not dilated enough." Yeah, it was really strange. And Emily's like, it's really hurting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm in labour.
1: I'm not going to go home only to come back in two hours' time. Yeah, yeah. So they put us in this room. Um, We were lucky to have a single room, like in a public hospital. We were at Box Hill. um, And their facilities at Box Hill are so good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, The birthing suites are massive. They're Mm -hmm. amazing. And um, so they put us in this birthing suite and yeah, we were just there for 24 hours um, before I think anything actually started happening. And um, yeah, I don't, what should I explain first? Like, what do you want me um,
0: to explain? Oh, whatever, however you remember it. Just okay. do you want me to ask you questions or I'm happy for you to talk and I listen.
1: Um, all right. So, Uh,
0: I guess when, um, you know, when did they realise, okay, this is happening when they checked her and she's dilated enough or.
1: So I think she got to, she was at four centimetres or five centimetres dilated and this, and you know, Emily was starting to really feel the pain. And so I think she got to around five or six centimetres and she started having the gas
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: and uh, because she, although Emily actually wanted to have the epidural. So Emily knew that she wanted to go in and have an epidural. Um, and the midwife, you know, midwife throughout the pregnancy was like, yep, you know, it's, it's your pregnancy. It's your birth. You can have whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. Um, But Emily knew that she wanted the epidural from the get go. Anyway, uh she was fine through the contractions they were hurting but she was managing them really well and she worked up a routine to get through each contraction um and she got to six centimeters she started having the gas um and uh but then her dilation slowed down and it it was it went four hours and she hadn't dilated any further and they were Mm -hmm. like well we need to do something because your your contractions are closer and closer but you're not actually dilating and
0: that's
1: not good So, um, you know, they threw her in the shower, obviously they didn't throw her in the shower (laughs)
0: shower
1: and ran the hot water. She took the gas in with her, ran the hot water and she just stood up, stood up in the shower and and stood through all the contractions in the hot water. And that actually helped. She started dilating a lot faster compared, compared to the previous six hours.
0: Yeah. She
1: started dilating a lot faster and, um, uh, but then her pain started really increasing and she was experiencing contractions quite close together and she was kind of she was really over it at this point and she started and we and she started asking about morphine because when they told her that it was too late for the epidural they said well um yeah they they, they said oh it's too late now you're too dilated for an epidural oh so we're not going to give you the epidural now and that was emily was gutted, um and so she got as far as she could and, then, and, and the midwife was really like, you're doing so great. And I noticed while we were there, I don't know if you noticed it, but they do everything they can to, to advise you from having any pain relief.
0: I got that vibe. Um, but at the same time, like they don't tell you, no, you shouldn't. Like one of the midwives goes, "Oh wow, you're doing so well." At this point, most women would ask for an epidural straight away, but you're doing so well. So she's hinting at me, like, "If you want it, this is the time to get it." But in my head, I was just like, "I'm doing great. I'm doing well." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, but they they were pushing gas on me though to help with the breathing as well. So um, so. Yeah, because gas is just gas, right? I mean, um, it. I don't know if it helped me that much, but um, yeah, yeah. I felt like they were they wanted you to go natural if you can, yeah. but they're not being like mean or condescending or anything.
1: With with Emily's, um, at every turn of the pregnancy, it was always there was always something negative about drugs or pain relief though.
0: Okay.
1: Um, oh, it was this obsession around natural birth, you know, and mm. how, and, and anything that we had or anything that Emily would ask about that wasn't that, you know, that wasn't natural was like, oh, but that's not natural. That wouldn't be a natural birth as if, as if an, unna- as it, as if it is now a unnatural birth, you know what I mean? Which I think, which I thought was kind of cooked. I, I didn't really like that. And it actually deterred Emily from from exploring her options because now she's got these midwives and doctors saying, mm, that's not natural.
0: That's and odd. Kind of made,
1: yeah, it kind of made her feel a bit stink. And same with Coco. I mean, because Coco was this time, um, she had a caesarean, mm. uh, elected caesarean in a public hospital due to the damage from the first pregnancy which i'll explain yeah yeah but um and every step through that because now doctors and midwives had notes that said cesarean every conversation was are you sure you want to go through with this it's not natural and it was really Really? strange one midwife was and because the doctors advised emily to to have a cesarean for the next birth right if it was three years because of the damage from the first pregnancy. Right. Um, and so Emily has gone, well, I was told to have a cesarean. And then every step of the way, the mid- midwives and doctors were back flipping on it and saying, Hey, look, you know, are you sure you want to do it? I'll get and one, one midwife has said, I'll call you back in 24 hours. And then you tell me what you want to do.
0: When it was, was this, so when was this in the pregnancy?
1: This was in the early stages of Coco's pregnancy, of the pregnancy when when Coco was was um, rolling. Um, That's and they hard. were trying. To, yeah, and and one midwife said, "Are you are you sure? Look, you know what? I'm not going to make a decision now. I'm going to give you a call back in 24 hours, and and then you tell me how you feel."
0: Do you have to book early or something?
1: No, I think it's more about the. It's it's maybe more about just the planning side of a pregnancy. Obviously. Doctors are ready to do a cesarean if you need it, right? Yeah. Ready yeah. To it. But um, I suppose maybe maybe it's a resourcing thing. You know, if they know in advance who's having a cesarean in a public hospital, they can resource appropriately for it.
0: Yeah, right. That's so um, that's so
1: odd. Yeah, and, and it was always, oh, it's not a natural birth, so we're going to have to do this, that, and this. And it was really, it was kind of, it's kind of mean. And I just said, I was like, Emily, just do what you want. If you want to mm-hmm. have. That's what you were told that you could have. If you, that's what you want. You should just have it. Don't listen to these, you know, opinionated midwives and doctors. It's your body. If you want to have a cesarean, have a cesarean.
0: Exactly. Jeez, I would. That would make me question myself. And I guess that's what they're trying to do.
1: That's what they're doing. Yeah. Are you yeah. sure you want to? Sure you want to mm. go away from this natural birth anyway? Um, so
0: <laughs> so angry about it.
1: So um, with Bobby so she emily managed to get right up to nine centimeters dilated with just gas so she was standing upright in the shower no other medication or pain with just the gas but now she was in excruciating pain she was and she was hysterical she was almost hysterical in the way that like i would never seen her like that before and you couldn't you know no one could Console her and her parents, her mom came and was like, Oh, Emily, you know, and her mother's so lovely, her mother's such a beautiful butterfly. And she would just, just you know, uh, suggest something to Emily and Emily. Emily would be like, No, you know,
0: that's it was not her how- in the birthing suite as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, so she came oh. to the birthing suite. um Well, they, they showed up expecting to meet Bobby, but he hadn't come yet, so. Um, you know and her parents were just trying to were trying to um encourage her and it just wasn't working for Emily and even me like sitting bedside like she wanted me there but she didn't want me to talk or you know what I mean it was things like that
0: you you're, you're um, her rock and you're there to support her but at the same time she kind of have to focus on having the baby but you're there and you know
1: Yeah. And, you know, she probably subconsciously thought, well, why would I listen to you, Josh? You've never had a baby, you know, like (laughs) I've never had a vagina. So um,
0: (laughs) wait a minute.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, (laughs) um,
1: you know, and anyway, she got to nine centimeters. She said, no, I can't handle this anymore. I need pain relief. It's hurting too much. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the midwives were like, but you're doing so well, exactly what you said. You were doing so well wow emily you're such a strong woman you're so incredible you're doing so well um you know you've only got one more centimeter and um and 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 they keep leaving the room after saying that and not giving emily a chance to say i really want it
0: yeah
1: and then and then i and then i had to step outside with the midwife and just say look i know my wife and i know when she's at her boiling point it's now she needs that pain relief um and it took it took me like ten minutes to discuss with the midwife before they decide to administer it, um, and then I think it takes two hours, or like you've got a you uh, something happens where they give you the morphine, they give the patient the morphine, and then they've, there's a, um, a window that they have to wait before they can start delivering the baby. Okay. I think it has to do with the the dosage or whatever because okay. they. You know, like oh if we give you morphine you know that's going to affect the baby's heart rate it's going to you know they they come they they say all this stuff about the effects of having morphine during pregnancy
0: yeah
1: but at the same time they say oh but your baby's going to be okay yeah oh it's going to do this it's going to do that it's going to do this your baby's going to be okay um so you know anyway we, we managed to get it she so from that point on she couldn't feel from the waist down um but now she had to push. So she she had tried so hard to get through her contractions breathing and then it was almost like she had to do the exact opposite with her breathing to push. So with breathing, you have to inhale, exhale, you know. But now with pushing, you had to inhale.
0: It's and confusing. Then wheeze. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's really confusing. So yeah. she was really confronted by what she now had to do and it took ages for her to push Bobby out because she just – she was in the momentum of breathing through her contractions for so long that yeah. now she had to relearn how to
0: breathe, to <laughs> breathe you know,
1: and to hold her breath. Yeah. During. Um. And uh, yeah. Anyway, she pushed Bobby out. Uh, I think maybe a couple of hours later, she- Bobby came out, and she had some severe tearing. So she had a. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like level three or something. That. I can't yeah. remember what the term was. She had some pretty gnarly um, tearing and she was taken straight off to um, theatre for operation and uh, repair. Um, and she had like a catheter for like a few days in hospital. Um, yeah, she was pretty, she was pretty wounded.
0: Was Bobby um, that, a big baby?
1: Nah, he wasn't. He was like, I think he was like two two kilos or 2.5 kilos so he's quite a small baby right um happened yeah i think it just i think it just happened too quickly you know it was like she started pushing at the moment she was dilated but because she couldn't feel from the waist down she couldn't control okay she couldn't feel it so yeah push you know okay you got it you can push and so she was just squeezing yeah and not and not being able to feel the pressure in her body as it was happening
0: do you remember if the midwife was guiding her through the pushing for example my midwife was like slow you know okay now stop now slow down a little bit um, a bit more and things like that and, like, the communication between my midwife and I were, I, I feel quite good. Um, do you think the communication between your midwife, sorry, uh, Emily's midwife and her, like, was the midwife being supportive?
1: The, we had, because of her labour being so long, we had a few different midwives over the course of the yeah. stay. Yeah. Um, especially the second half of the labour. Um, and it just so happens that um, Bobby was being born in the middle of the night and I, and I feel like there was something like eight or nine different pregnancies happening at that same time. Mm. So our midwife not actually being present very often, they would come in for like 10 to 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, and then leave.
1: Emily's going, encourage, you know, do, do their routine checks and then gone again. So mm. they would set Emily up with a a strategy for breathing and techniques and whatever mm. make sure comfortable, and then they would go because there was like there was a bunch of different pregnancies births okay. on the same yeah
0: level.
1: um and that's the nature of going in a public hospital mm. but um yeah i think that the midwife that we had was as helpful as they could be in a busy environment like a public hospital
0: yeah
1: but um the labor was just the actual delivery of the baby was really intense. There was yeah. like three midwives in the room. They all came in and it was like, um, and but because Emily had the morphine, she just couldn't feel what she was doing. So often it just felt like everyone was yelling at her.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Push. And then Emily was just doing as best that she could. Mm. And she, you know, she delivered Bobby. It was amazing. It was so beautiful. And then the, um, and then the placenta Placenta was crazy because I, I I feel like most women have have to birth the placenta as well, but I I, I strongly remember the midwives pulling the placenta out. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was. I remember sitting there watching it, and it was the most crazy thing. Like seeing seeing your wife's legs like that, and, and the way that you know they're up in the
0: yeah yeah. What
1: are those things called? The um,
0: G- uh, stirrups
1: yeah and 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 then just like and and pulling like tug of war type thing you know like
0: i like, wonder if because emily couldn't feel anything and she's out of pushes maybe they're yeah. like let me help you but
1: at the same time she was she was she was wasted she had morphine so she was like she was dazed and confused the moment she had to push so because oh, we were like to push all glossy eyed she couldn't really tell what was going on trying to push (laughs) and um
0: that sounds horrible poor Emily it
1: was pretty crazy to watch and I can't imagine it you know how it would have felt for her but she and then she gave birth to Bobby and then this was the crazy part of the um the whole thing was they they delivered Bobby and and then I saw them yanking that on the placenta and pulling that out and then they just and they do it. They bring the baby over, they, you know, they they just bring the baby over, straight over, give it a quick wipe, quick clean, bring, bring Bobby over, straight on the chest. And Emily was like, she had no idea what they just put on her chest. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Bobby wasn't crying. He was pretty quiet. He was pretty chill. Mm-hmm. And so they put Bobby on there and then, and then a, two doctors came in, a surgeon came in. There was, like, already three midwives in the room. So this room full of people... And they were trying to get breast milk out of her breast. Like they were trying to um, hand pump yeah, hand pump it out of her breast mm. on one side. They had Bobby attached to the other side. And then they had one surgeon explaining what they needed to do while another doctor was trying to get her to sign the form. Okay. Um, <laughs> behind me, trying to encourage Emily, tell her, you know, you've done such an amazing job. Oh, he's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then I I just didn't say anything because I, the room was so busy. It was the most in- insane thing I've ever experienced. And Emily, like, could barely keep her eyes open. She didn't know what was happening. They were like, oh, here you go. Here's Bobby. And she couldn't lift her arms. She was like... Yeah, yeah. What she didn't
0: know
1: what to do? And so that was an insane thing. And then that was probably 10 minutes, and then they just everyone shipped out Emily was (laughs) gone they took me over to the weighing station we weighed the baby measured measured Bobby weighed him wrapped him they gave they gave him to me and then just walked out
0: oh my gosh and you by yourself left
1: and then Emily's parents had left at that point to sit in the waiting room by the theater to make sure Emily was okay or they or they had ducked out it was midnight so it was very late yeah Anyway, I was left in the birthing suite by myself for like three hours with Bobby.
0: Oh, just, okay.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really nice. With
0: all um, like the mess and the blood and.
1: So they, they pulled the ta- so obviously they took Emily and the table that she was on, but the, the and they took the placenta because that was on a different table. Yeah. So they took everything out and it was just me. In the birthing suite with the weighing station and Bobby kind of thing, and we just did. And I just walked around the room for three hours, just looking at him in the eyes, and was just like introducing myself. Wow, that was a really nice moment. Uh, And then Emily's parents came back in uh, a few hours later, and um, or someone came in. It was either Emily's parents or a doctor came in and, and said, "Oh, let's check up on Bobby." And I remember looking down at the floor, and there was shit all over the floor.
0: I was wondering if you're going to tell us that story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know it's it's a good story, but it's so it's so important to this story. Is like I had just and it it was my fault. Like so, Emily had pushed out a baby and a little mini poo or something, right? Let's call it a something for now. Yeah, I had stood in it once and then (laughs) tracked. so you could see and I was very vance right so you could see the waffle the waffle pattern like every half meter track it cuz it was only on one shoe it was just like oh my
0: god i'm losing my shit
1: room, and you could see i'd the entire room um, someone someone stuffed up there right someone someone <laughs> <cleaned that up.
0: laughs> i'm crying okay <laughs> uh,
1: it was just one foot, it was my right foot I, I remember it was the right foot It was just poo everywhere <laughs> Did water. you
0: clean your shoes before going yeah. out? <laughs> I love I it, it.
1: When, they, when I was allowed to go outside I just went out to the nature strip And just yeah, scuffed my head <laughs> <all good. laughs>
0: I love it <laughs> Poor, Whoever had to clean that room Can you imagine coming in and go What the hell? I'm sure they're used to it
1: I, I love well, that. yeah, but that's a that's a result of someone not catching what they were meant to catch in that moment, <laughs> which to me only means that there was there was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not sure if there's any yep. doctors on this listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not blaming
1: anyone, but, but you know, there was a bucket that wasn't used that day.
0: And yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, um. Let's go to Coco's story.
1: Coco was a different. cocoa was a different um, story. It was much. It was actually much cruisier. A lot nicer. A very different experience to Bobby.
0: Is that the same with the pregnancy? Did, did Emily feel like the two pregnancies were quite different from each other?
1: I think so, um, and it was. It was really obvious too, um, because you know we'd done it before. You know we knew. At what point the scans were, the blood tests, we knew what what diet Emily should probably be on. If we look at the last pregnancy and how that went, um, you, you know, she she kind of knew what to do at that point and, yeah. and how and what it was meant to look like. But the difference was now was that we were electing for a cesarean delivery. So um, and then an added an added um, uniqueness to the situation was that it was right in the middle of that first uh COVID nineteen lockdown in Victoria. Mm. So um it was uh it was all good right up until we were meant to go into hospital essentially. Um yeah. the only thing was they just they were just making Emily second guess herself on the natural birth versus a Caesarean birth. Yeah that was but as soon as, it was, as soon as it was locked in, as soon as the doctor had confirmed that it was caesarean um, and that, that it just meant that all the midwife visits and doc, hospital visits after that was just like, cool, you're having an elective caesarean, everything's looking fine, okay. blah, blah, blah. Um, but there was still, but it was, you know, that, that rhetoric of it's not natural, blah, blah, blah. That was, I, I think she only experienced that right up until, the decision was made that that's what's happening. From then on, they just dropped it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my experience of what she went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it was all good. It was kind of cool. Like, Emily had really looked forward to, had, had been looking forward to a caesarean because some of her sisters had also had caesarean. Yeah. Uh, and they were just like, and the way they explained it was, oh, it's, a, it's amazing. You can you can pick, you get a day, you know what day you're having your baby Mm and you can, you know, on the day you can mop the floors, watch an episode of Desperate Housewives and then (laughs) seven o'clock I'm going to the hospital, you know? And so that was kind of what Emily was looking for. She, she, um, she is, she likes organization. She likes structure. She likes things to be, she likes things going to plan. I think Mm -hmm. most people like, go to plan Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: so it was kind of cool because we knew what date to expect whereas with bobby it was like 10 days overdue
0: Mm.
1: and we had christmas and new year's all on that all on that time frame you know Mm -hmm. so um this time it was okay you're having your baby at the end of march um just get ready for that just stay healthy and we'll see you every six weeks or whatever for their their appointments so there's not really too much anything there's not really anything that exciting to really explain in terms of Coco's birth. The only real, the only real difference was um, when we were going in for the cesarean, it was like first thing in the morning we had to be um, because of the COVID-19 thing, they had to limit how many cesareans or operations that they were doing in the hospital. Oh, okay. And they, uh, um, I can't remember if it was that they had to limit how many doctors were on the floor or whatever. Mm. Um, The ward was empty. Yeah. So after we had Bobby, they moved us. Oh, sorry. After we had Coco, they moved us to a ward. And honestly, I reckon we were one of three couples in there on the first day. And I would walk out to go get a, a tea for Emily and I would not see it any other mother or, or hear another baby. Mm. It was just quiet. Mm. And um, uh, the birth itself was really short. Um, they got Emily prepped. They got her undressed. They gave her an epidural. I wasn't there for any of that, so I don't actually know what that looks like for her. So you I wasn't alone. You allow- went
0: at the birth?
1: No, I was at the birth, but I wasn't. Um, oh, at the prep. Yeah, I wasn't at the prep family, so yeah. they—it was just the mothers that that go through for the prep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't there to watch her have an epidural or anything like that. I just joined her in the birthing suite where they would – in the um, theater room where they would deliver the baby, and they've With got your like, little hat. Yeah, they gave like they gave me like the full suite. Got the hat, the cap, the um, the scrubs, the sh- the shoes covers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, in the theatre room, I think it was pretty normal. For a cesarean, like, they just hang up the, the big sheet in front of you. You can mm. just see the head. That was it. Um, yeah, the, I've, I've just, I took one photo, and I'll show you just because you're looking. I took one photo because they go, oh, do you? They, 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 they cut her open, and they, um, they lifted Coco straight up straight out of the womb and um and showed us yeah. <laughs> it was the strangest thing ever because she was like she was just cut what like, white she was cut looked like she'd been dunked in a pot of yogurt it's like a protective layer in, inside Yeah, the,
0: what's
1: the word yeah. um and they go i oh, take a photo take a photo and i went oh okay like i didn't want <laughs> i didn't want to i was like oh yeah um and uh sure. so yeah, I took a photo, and I'll just show you. Hold on, I'm just getting it up on my phone. It was, yeah. It's the most unflattering image of Coco that she'll ever see. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so they pulled her out, and um, the placenta they were really excited about. The doctors were really excited about because they said it was heart shaped. They said they'd never seen a heart shaped placenta before, which was really. Well, they were all the doctors stopped what they were doing to look to look at this placenta. So I'll show you, I'll show you the, <laughs> this photo is so rough. <laughs> okay, look, this is Coco. The,
0: um... Oh my God. She's <laughs> the way looks... holding her. No,
1: it's like, so yeah, it's the cold. way they're holding her. Yeah, it's yeah, tough.
0: yeah. It's, yeah.
1: <laughs> God, dude, it's crazy. And then, um, and then this is the, and then this is a photo of the placenta. They, they're like, I'll oh, pass this your phone. So they gave me. They, they took my phone. They took a the photo, and they were like, "We've never seen that oh, wow. shape before." And so they were all. They all took photos on their own phones of the placenta. It was quite weird.
0: That's interesting. That's oh, yeah. That just brings me back to the birthing suite for me. <laughs> yeah, photo. it was. It's not the nicest thing to look at, but that's an interesting photo of the. Um, maybe you can send it to me. Thanks. Awesome. i don't know i don't know if i should post it on instagram or not but just in case people ask maybe i will maybe i'll do that thing where it's like it's all blurred and then you have to click to see the photo and then it's yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah cool cool um yeah i honestly i'd never seen a placenta before and um
0: you didn't see um bobby's one you only saw when they pulled it off the
1: ropes, and um Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that was that was cool. And you know, it was standard. They just waived her, they vaccinated her, and then sent us off to uh, the room. And the only difference between uh, this time and last time in terms of being in the hospital afterwards was that I could only be there um, during the day. So I had to. I couldn't. I had to be there between um, 10 a.m. or 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. So I couldn't be there after 8 p.m. at night. And Bobby wasn't allowed and so Bobby didn't actually meet her until four or five days after.
0: Yeah. Um, how how was Emily with, I don't know, it's being at the hospital by herself at night, having to pick her up and all that?
1: Um, yeah. I don't think she liked it. She didn't love it, mm. at least. Um, she because she's had a caesarean that she, her mobility was quite limited. Um, and I think she struggled to get comfortable sometimes, but the midwives were really um, helpful. Whenever she called for them, week so they came well they should. Yeah. Um, and I think she was okay. She managed to get some sleep. Um, Coco was feeding okay. Um,
0: good.
1: I, I think it was pretty good. I don't think there's anything too much out of the ordinary, except for, for some reason, and this is not related to the pregnancy, just maybe the ongoing issues in a, in a public hospital. But for, I think, two days in a row, they missed her dinner and breakfast and lunch. Like, yeah, really? they, would, they would, yeah, they would, they would send in the slips, um, but then not bring the food. Right. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> And the food's not amazing, but, um, and then even after approaching the nurses and the midwives, I was like, Hey, look, she's not getting any food. Like I've had to go to the, down to the canteen and buy food and bring it back up. Um, she's not getting the meals. What's going on. And then they only rectified it. They brought in the lunch meal an hour, an hour before we were discharged. So oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> Here's a take home takeaway box. <laughs>
1: so stupid that's crazy but yeah coco's birth was was pretty was pretty pretty ordinary i think the the main part was maybe the recovery for emily um but cesarean it's not as scary as what the doctors make it out to be you know i I, she was she was up walking within 12 hours after the cesarean they got her up had a shower she got dressed she did her hair and makeup before we took any photos and she was, you know, she was fine. And she could get in and out of bed onto, onto a wheelchair. And they wheeled her down to um, special nursery. Coco did have to spend um, a night in the special nursery because she wasn't getting enough sugar or something from the breast milk. Right. So they just top her up. Mm -hmm. So actually Emily got a little bit of sleep because she Mm. didn't have to that moment, because but she did have she was wheeled every two hours down to the special care nursery at night to breastfeed two, her. Okay. Yeah, I just had to monitor her blood sugar levels.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: but that was pretty. They were pretty well organized at that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but because I wasn't there at night, I couldn't really, I couldn't really comment on how it was for yeah. her. But she was pretty tired in the morning.
0: Yeah. How? What does it feel like? to be a father of two young
1: ones it's it's really good it's it's harder man we were so used to having one child and a three-year-old who was just really like growing into his personality into his character and it's that age the age of three where they just become your little buddy you know they they want to hang out they don't they don't want to be left to play alone they actually want to hang out, look at this. Hey, look at this. Look at me do this. You know, it's they, they want to show you stuff that they can do and the mm. things that, especially at daycare, every day when they come home from daycare. And we had Bobby in three days a week. He would love to show us everything that he did at daycare. He'd pull out every drawing that he did. He'd show us the stand in his shoes from when he played in the sand pit. You know, Uh-oh. he'd show us all of that stuff. And And we got used to just being his buddy and hanging out. And, and, and if we were feeling really tired, it was just easy to just put on a movie or put on nursery rhymes and just let him sing along to it in the morning while we got an extra half an hour sleep or something.
0: Yeah. That's Um, what we do.
1: Yeah. Just like, and I'll I'll come down or lie on the couch with him in the morning. I'll put it, I'll put something on like the wiggles and I'll just pass out behind him on the couch. Mm. he'll, He'll wake me up half an hour later. Um, but yeah, it was it was what was hard was um, keeping Bobby entertained while still having Coco who was dependent, whereas Bobby wasn't so dependent.
0: Okay. He just
1: wanted your attention whereas Coco needed the attention. Yeah. You know? So trying to balance that. And it was hard because at night, which you know, you're breastfeeding throughout the night and when they're that young they're waking up like you're waking them Every two hours to feed them, or every three hours to feed them. Um, and so you're going through this rough night, and on night she had acid reflux, like really bad reflux. So, every pretty much every feed she would just vomit Mm. every so you're almost she'd have to double feed her,
0: yeah.
1: And so, we'd have some of those really rough nights where she would be waking every hour or every uh, two hours, and you just never got any really good sleep in. And then Bobby would wake up at seven, so you just got Coco to sleep at six thirty in the morning, and then Bobby wakes up at yeah. seven. Yeah. And um, and now you have to be awake for Bobby because Bobby yeah. needs
0: attention. Yeah.
1: But it's good now. I mean, Coco's asleep upstairs. Um, Bobby is at his auntie's today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's pretty cool. He's really cool that He loves Coco. Um, and I love it. I definitely love it. It's been amazing having to be at home the last few months because I've had so much time with her, and I've had yeah. so much time. And as a family together, it's been really nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, I think because I had nine months off work when I we had Bobby, mm-hmm. like I, I, um, I I went down to part time work at, the, at my previous job. Yeah. So have more time at home. So yeah. Um, I have a really strong relationship with Bobby and I think I should have another really strong relationship with Coco because it's just, you know, this lockdown, this time, you know, it's been really hard for some people, mm. but it's a, been a real big blessing for our family. If yeah. I can use the word like it's just been, just to be told to stay home is is kind of what every father needs when they have, when a baby comes into the world. Cause yep. you know, my mom was a single mom and she, she did three boys um, by herself, but I think she would have appreciated having a, you know, a father figure around to help. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, so it's been really awesome to to just be told to stay home, even yeah. though financially it's really hard. But to be yeah. told the expectation is for you to stay home, not for you to go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas those paradigms previously was the woman stays home and the man goes to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This kind of this kind of breaks down those paradigms, and um, both parents are at home, so that's been really nice.
0: Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Josh. And um, we'll chat some more after catch up. Um, so many things to talk about, but yeah, thank you. I loved your stories, and you know, I love that you're happy and you guys are happy. And not long now before you go back to work, so that'll be good
1: yes mm. yes it'll be good and i'll um, hopefully maintain all the time that i get with the kids yeah. and same for you.
0: thank you so much for listening and um, if you haven't already make sure you're subscribed or follow i don't know what the term is anymore and leave us a review um, akira's just working up so i'm just wrapping it up this quickly now but thank you again and um, i'll chat to you later
1: all good thanks Juan.
0: bye